The Gospels are the accounts of the words and works of our Savior Jesus. It's there that we learn of the acts of love that mean for us forgiveness and everlasting life. Join us to study one of these Gospels, the book of Matthew. Read a chapter and then listen in as our pastors from Grace discuss the marvel of God's words to us. We hope that you listen to Jesus' words and that with us you grow. Here's another discussion on a chapter from the book of Matthew. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Most Certainly True. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, uh, Pastor Aaron Strong. How are you today? Doing wonderful. I hope everybody else is as well. I hope so also. They have to be doing well because they're uh, enjoying spending time with us in God's Word, right? Absolutely. So there's no other choice. (laughs) Trucking right through the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 24 already. So if actually, it's kind of interesting. Once you get, uh, if you've been reading day by day, you have built up this now habit of of reading. And uh, I've heard that habits are typically built within 21 days, right? You do something for 21 days, you've built up a habit. So hopefully we've helped build up some Bible reading habits through yes. this podcast. That means that once we're done with this, you'll uh, just carry right on through through the Gospel of Mark, or you'll jump into Acts and continue the history, or you'll pick an Old Testament book, but you'll just you'll be craving your one chapter at least a day. There that, you go. Uh, that also is a, a goal that we have here. And if you're taking a little bit longer and you're kind of interspersibly interspersibly I don't know how that I'll, word I'll, is. I'll take it. Um, <laughs> if you're you're like catching these podcasts piece by piece here and there, you're still doing it, and you're still at chapter 24, and that's a great accomplishment too. Congratulations. Absolutely. Podcast listener. Keep on going. <laughs> Build those habits. <laughs> All right, now we get to talk about the destruction of the temple. Um, so we're, we're on Tuesday. Uh, Pastor Strong, what's your your title for the Tuesday? I'm going week? with I'm going with Teaching Tuesday. Teaching Tuesday. Teaching Tuesday. All right. Well, you're in the seat, so you've got the microphone. <laughs> I can call it what I want. <laughs> We're at the end of the day, though. On Teaching Tuesday, Jesus is done teaching in the temple, and uh, he and his disciples are most likely going back to Bethany. Um, that's where they kind of had their their home base while uh, they're celebrating the Passover and. In, in Jerusalem during this Holy Week. So they're on their way out, and uh, the disciples draw Jesus' attention to the buildings of Jerusalem. Right. I really appreciated um, this happened last year. We did a Holy Week episode with all three of us sat, sat in on that one. Um, and I had never really pieced it together, but Pastor Hebner always has that gift for that. Mm-hmm. And he talks about leaving the city and then climbing up the Mount of Olives and just pictured Jesus sitting his disciples down and then looking back over the valley and seeing the temple and seeing these buildings in Jerusalem. And then that being the context um, for the last teaching that Jesus is going to do. Silent Wednesday's coming up. We don't have any record of of uh, what Jesus does on Wednesday. Um, and then also that, that this is just days before he's going to be crucified. And so now is the time to have these last teaching moments. Now is the time to prepare the disciples for themselves and for the people that they are going to be blessed to be able to to preach and teach, uh, preach to and teach to. Um, But these end times themes are appropriately here coming out here as Jesus' own ministry winds to an end. 
Absolutely. So they're, the disciples point to, they're overlooking the city and they point Jesus to, it draws attention to the, the temple mount and probably the palace and all the, you know, these buildings, these structures in Jerusalem. And um, Jesus says, these are all going to be f- destroyed at one day, at one point. And the disciples then kind of, I don't know if it's quite changing the subject, but just wanted to take it even further, ask him, when is, when is this going to happen? What's going to be a sign of your coming? And the end of the age, and and Jesus gets into, I think, just a really good description of what it means to live in the end times, what we should look for um, to know that he's coming again. Yeah, I think it's worth remembering the prominent place in the worship life of of the Israelite at this time that the temple played. So for Jesus to just casually drop that in, oh, that temple's going to be gone soon. <laughs> like, hold on, <laughs> wait, <laughs> right. wait. One, uh, not having the temple was the worst part of the Babylonian captivity. It got rebuilt uh, by Zerubbabel, and now Herod has added these improvements. But this was the place. This was the church. Uh, this was what, where the worship happened, where the sacrifices were made, where the people had their encounters with God. And so for Jesus to to just drop that in there, this temple's going to be destroyed. We could certainly understand the follow-up questions like, ah, uh, we're going right. to need to know a little bit more about that. So Jesus in his response actually kind of intertwines, I think, the two topics, uh, both of the last day and his second coming and also the fall of Jerusalem. And, and that's, I think, important for us to keep in mind um, as we read this. It helps us maybe understand it a little bit more um, and maybe just a, a quick run through of this i think up through verse 14 he's definitely talking more about the last day and what's gonna come although a little precursor for i I think the fall of jerusalem but then verse 15 and probably through um like 25 he he gets more into the destruction of jerusalem and or the fall of the temple and then back to 26 he kind of comes back now to the last day type stuff too um and especially in the context of verse 30 here then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, right? And so here's here's what the coming of Christ again on the last day is going to look like. So you got to kind of keep in mind that this is, you know, sometimes some of these prophecies, just like Old Testament prophecies, had like two dual fulfillments, whether it was kind of in that more immediate of time and then further on, so too is this kind of description of, of what Jesus is laying before us. There's going to be some more immediate time of, um, a fulfillment with the fall of Jerusalem, but also a longer-term fulfillment on the last day. Yeah, I was just going to say a point that you just said really well. This is not uncommon for biblical prophecy to have multiple fulfillments. Right. Uh, this was this was a part of the way that that prophecy was told in, many times. I think of um, Isaiah seven, the sign for Ahaz, it's Emmanuel, and that. The, those words they have some fulfillment in the son that's going to be born to Ahaz, but also then obviously quoted by Matthew, Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. Second um, Samuel seven it talks about Solomon as being the son of David, uh, but Solomon will sit on a throne that will never be taken away from him. And there's great David's greater son, and so it's talking not just about Solomon, but forward to Jesus, um, the prophet Joel has prophecies that in these last days, uh, young men will see visions and old men will dream dreams. And um, that's previewing and predicting Pentecost, but also last times and then Judgment Day. So so it's not at all 
uncommon for prophecy to have this multiple fulfillment. So don't read Matthew 24 or or see this destruction of temple and end times and feel like that's just us inserting where we want to, well, this must be pointing this way and that must be pointing to that. Um, that's not at all what's happening. This is this is an element that uh, of prophecy that you can see in many, many different places in Scripture. Absolutely. Um, so Jesus begins by giving a whole bunch of signs uh, that will that will appear leading up to the last day. And uh, hopefully you can read through them. I'm not going to hit on, on all of them. But every time I read through this list, a couple things strike me. One, um, these things are happening now. Yeah. Like, like currently in our day and age. Um, nations fighting wars, rumors of wars, famines. Uh, false prophets, people falling from the faith, all that kind of stuff. That's happening now. And so I think that's just a stark reminder that that Christ coming again on the last day could take place at any moment. And and whether that would be two seconds from now or maybe another 2,000 years from now, who knows, right? But it's it's a good reminder that we are living in the end times right now. Technically, if it comes two seconds from now, no one will ever hear this podcast. This is so. this is true. You may not ever hear this if Christ comes again before this makes it to the airwaves of the podcast world. But if <laughs> which would be a glorious thing, that would be awesome. But if you are hearing these words, you know that we lasted for more than two seconds. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, the other thing that strikes me though too is is um, I just imagine the disciples looking around at their day and age and being like, Jesus, these things are happening now, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's reality. So I think it's just important for us to keep in mind that that we live in the last days, and and there's seriousness to that. Um, not Jesus doesn't tell us these things that we have to live in fear, like oh my goodness, Christ is coming again, and and whatever. But it's it's this idea of of making sure we're prepared, and that's I don't want to step on toes for the next chapter, but that's what Jesus gets into. Is is this means you have to be prepared, and what does this look like for the Christian to to live each day and with a prepared heart? It's all good. I like to lay some breadcrumbs for right. for people to you follow. Come back now and listen to the next episode. Um, but it's just it's 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 important. We see these signs around us, and Jesus doesn't tell us to make us afraid. But the reality of this is what the world one is going to look like. So don't be surprised. But to know Christ is coming back again and be ready. And I think this is really key for living a life in a world that Jesus describes like this. Because it it would be really easy to turn on the news and and hear the accounts of all of these things and grow really frustrated and, and grow fearful or wonder, does Jesus really care? Does he really love us? Is he really coming back? Um, but here now Jesus has connected his return to these events and said these are the things that are going to happen. These are actually the markers and the signs that are pointing forward to remind you that I am indeed coming back. And so we can we can watch the news with with that hopeful optimism that even as we see tragedy, even as we see hardship uh, for people or, or recognize hardships that we ourselves are going to have to face, um, mindful that Jesus not only knows them now, but he knew them long ago and loved us enough to, to warn us about them and loved us enough to connect those things, those difficult things to his gracious promise to return to free us from this veil of tears and take us to be with him in glory. 
And that's exactly where Jesus goes to um, towards the end of this this section is he, in verse 29, immediately after the distress of those days, then verse 30, then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and and, and Christ is going to come in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and his angels with a loud trumpet call and gather all his... I mean, so then Christ is coming back and, and the victorious Savior will be there and rule over all things um, and and bring us to w- be with him forever. So, I mean, there you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's that comfort of knowing that even though the world might fall apart around us and, and all these things are going to happen, these horrible things are going to happen, um, these challenging things, this wicked world... Christ comes again. And uh, I love the illustration he uses at the end of that section with um, the lesson from the fig tree, uh, right? Uh, when the twi- twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know summer is near. It's kind of like, I don't know if we have fig trees here in Wisconsin, but you know, it's like spring. You go through this cold, long winter and these dark days and you just long for summer to come again. Well, how do we know summer's coming again? You just look at the trees. And when the trees start to bud, or the like the tulips. It was, those are always one of the first signs, right? Tulips popping out of the ground, sometimes even through the snow, right? Yep. You know, spring is coming, summer's coming, warmer days are ahead, the sun is going to come out more, and uh, and we long for that, and we look forward to it, and that's what Jesus is saying here too. You, you have these these signs that are showing Christ is coming again, and so we can live with that joy. Right. He closes that section with a particularly comforting passage. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Yeah. So even as we see these things that point forward to the end of our time here on earth, and even as we meditate on the the reality that this world isn't forever, um, heaven and earth passes away, but the promise that Jesus has made, the promise that he has won the victory, the promise that uh, he will take us to be with him in glory, um, that's something that will never pass away. Right. The last section talks about how um, the day and hour of this last day is unknown, and no one knows it. Um, the angels in heaven don't know it, nor even the sun, which I think is is probably an interesting thing for people to hear. Like, seriously, Jesus, you know all things, but you don't know when the last day is? How can the Father know something and the Son not know that same thing if the Father and the Son are one? Here we just have a, a real clear reference to, to Jesus' dual nature, and both as God and as man. And as true God, he absolutely knew. But as man, he entrusted himself to the Heavenly Father just as much as we do. Um, and in that sense, didn't does not know um, that last day. So, But he just gets further into this and uh, you know, uses the description of a thief breaking in a house. Um, I, I don't know any thieves that call you up and schedule an appointment to break in. Leave a post-it on the <laughs> right? door. I'll be back at they, 2. They come when you least expect it. Um, and that's what the last day is going to be like too. And it, God in his wisdom, you know, is, doesn't tell us the last day. And I've probably said this before when we talk about last day things, but if we all knew when the last day was going to come, how horrible would it be? It would be horrible. Know. Absolutely. Oh, if we knew that August 30th at 5 PM central standard time, right? Let's get real, real clear and specific on that, that that was the day Christ was coming and time Christ was coming. Up until like, you know, three in the afternoon on August 30th, we're just going to live wicked, evil lives, satisfy every desire of our sinful nature. And then all of a sudden be like, oh, sorry, I repent. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. And now let's go to heaven. It would just be ridiculous. I mean, just chaotic, sinful, horrible life that we would live. Um, So thankfully God doesn't do that because it just reminds us of his grace and his mercy. He is coming back, but he doesn't tell us when, but we know he is. And so let's live as faithful people each day as he's called us to be. 
Right. And it also brings to mind then the the truth that we don't have a promise that we'll make it till the day that Jesus comes again. Right. So even if we did know when judgment day would be, we would still have no promise that we would be alive on that day. But how de- how de- I agree it would be detrimental to our faith. It would be detrimental to the efforts and and uh, mission of the church if if we knew the specifics about the return of Jesus. But rather, Jesus leaves it with this call that he's coming soon and that his return is imminent and that we need to work while it's day because soon the night will come. Um, that keeps us working for him. It keeps us trusting in him. It keeps us living watchful lives all the time instead of I better start watching sometime later. Um, it just God knew what he was doing when he kept secret and as he does currently keep secret the timing of the end of the world and he wraps up this chapter with uh, an illustration of a of a servant and and how he, when his master is away how are you gonna how are you gonna treat the house and everything else and this this illustration always just makes me think of like a like a teen whose parents leave for the night right and uh, the teen decides well I'm gonna throw a big bash I'm gonna throw a huge party and it's just it's too many it gets out of hand too many people there and the drinking goes nuts and the house is just trashed and then the parents something goes wrong and they end up popping in at like midnight in the middle of this party and they're like what in the world's going on and just how your heart just sinks as a teen like oh i'm busted <laughs> i should not have been doing this right and and that's how the the picture here of is that how we're going to live our lives yeah i thought i had time but i, I thought didn't. i had time right jesus wasn't supposed to come back so quick right and i thought i had time to clean it up and to fix my life and all this stuff isn't that such an easy attitude for us to have because oh, yeah. yeah we read these passages about jesus coming soon but we haven't seen it right. <laughs> so it's really easy I've got my health and and of course life's just going to continue the way it always has and I'll start I'll start taking care of myself when I when I get older or I'll start worrying about spiritual things when I'm in a season of life where I've got more time. Right. Uh, but right now I'm busy and I got to be focused on my career or on my kids or fill in the blank whatever it is the excuse that that the devil dangles before us and tempts us to think is more important than being actively watchful for jesus and his return yeah and our and going back to this idea of our arrogance we just think we've got all the time in the world and uh we don't have to be serious about our faith and our walk with jesus each day i'll I'll fix that I'll, i'll deal with it later um sometimes it's those it's those uh life changing moments i don't i don't know the big catastrophe or health issue or loss of job or whatever it is that sometimes shakes us up enough to realize yeah my time isn't forever long <laughs> yeah I, I i need to start prioritizing getting serious about life too you so. you've done that conversation in a hospital before oh yeah with a person that's probably maybe too young to be in the hospital and i really gotta shape up i really gotta you know that's the wake-up call um, right um and but maybe you haven't experienced the wake-up call maybe this needs to be the wake-up call read the words of jesus and, and realize <laughs> hey i need to be i, I need to walk with jesus today and not put off that walk any longer. You don't know how long you're going to have to to make sure that I, my heart is right with Jesus. 
I'm grasping on to what he's blessed me with and and uh, want to be ready for his his return when he does come again. Absolutely. We know that he's the one who fills us up with with faith that if it was up to us to be watchful, we we couldn't, right? If if Jesus just fed us with these words and then sent us on our own, um, there's no way we'd be able to do it. But he's the one who's there with us. He keeps feeding our faith through his word. He keeps us strong and our eyes open and and our lives. He walks with us as we um, as we live through life and and continues to keep us ever more watchful and and ready for for his return. And so we can take heart and know that that he's the power source for being watchful and ready. He's the one that we can stay connected to. Um, and he gives us the strength we need to do just that, to be ready and watching for his return. So keep watch. Yeah. Keep watch w- with him. Keep watch for him. Uh, keep rejoicing in, in the love that he so graciously showers upon us. And uh, God loves to answer those prayers in, in his awesome ways. I think we would both agree that this is most certainly certainly true. Thanks for joining us in our effort to read and grow through the Gospel of Matthew. We'd love to share more Jesus with you. Learn more about Grace at our website, www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, Bible study resources, links to our digital media resources, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.